The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome back to the Unfiltered podcast. On this show, we interview mental health professionals about abusive, toxic and healthy relationships. It is our hope that these interviews help you cultivate safe relationships. You have a lot of power uh, that sometimes people think they don't have and they kind of create this mindset that they have to take this kind of abuse because, oh, well, they're my family. Or, uh, but no, you do not. And you have a lot of power to walk away when you can or hang up the phone when you need to. You know, work on not feeling bad about that or feeling guilty about it. Hello everyone, my name is Yurena Aiken. I'm the host of the Unfiltered podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Fabian Wonder. Fabian Wonder is the director of the Health and Wellness Office at Hostos Community College and also founder of Wonder Counseling, a mental health practice that incorporates walk and talk therapy in addition to the traditional office-based treatment approach. He has been working as a social worker for over 17 years and is licensed in the state of New York. Today's episode is all about protecting yourself from the five manipulation tactics used by people with narcissistic traits. We will be going through five common tactics that individuals with narcissistic traits use to control and manipulate others. But don't worry, we won't leave you hanging. Fabian Wonder will also be sharing practical tips and strategies for protecting yourself against these tactics so you can stay in control of your own life. So if you want to learn how to defend yourself against these five manipulation tactics, then you won't want to miss this episode. Hi Fabian, thank you for joining me today. It's nice to have you in this podcast episode. Hi, good afternoon and thank you for inviting me to the show. Great. Um, let's get started with these questions right away. And the first question that we have is the phrase conversation domination refers to a manipulation tactic that occurs when someone interrupts, speaks over or speaks for you. For example, imagine that you are having an argument with the abusive person in your life, but you can't protect yourself from their from their accus- accusations because they are speaking in a way that there is no pause for you to get a word in. This is conversation domination. How can someone protect themselves from this type of behavior? Yeah, it's a great question and also a very clear scenario that uh, is helpful. I, I think uh, one technique that I've used um, through working with um, couples and individuals is I encourage them to use something called a mirroring technique. And it's a very kind of simple uh, and practical technique uh, that you can practice with your partner. And um, basically, it's like you're mirroring back to what the other per se- person is saying to you. So, for example, um, if someone were to say to you, um, hey, I had a really bad day at work uh, today, because this, this, and that, and then you basically repeat back to them, oh, what I'm hearing is you saying you had a really bad day at work today because this, this, and that. The person saying and communicating to you uh, is is getting that understanding that you, you got what they wanted to say, and then you're then repeating that back to them. It also comes back to them the way they said it, because sometimes people say something, but they mean something else. 
So it gives that ability to kind of go back and forth and, and that person can say, well, no, that's not what I meant. I meant A, B, and C. Uh, and then you say, okay, so what you're saying is you meant A, B, and C. And then he's like, okay, so this helps in, in a couple of ways. Uh, one way it helps to the person speaking to you um, feels like they're being heard because you're, you're, you're repeating back to what you, you heard and also clarification exactly what they're trying to communicate. Because oftentimes um, that that becomes a struggle, so I think mirroring is a, is a really great technique to use uh, with friends, with with partners, even at work, uh, to really be able to have a healthier uh, communication style and um, and and creating that that um, that that uh, format in in a relationship can be really really helpful in avoiding uh, you know arguments and and feeling a certain way about some communications. Okay, thank you. Um, that's a helpful tip, and I believe that if we are dealing with uh, maybe a person who is in on the kind of low end spectrum of narcissism, they are not like that. You know, high end. They are just. They usually just. The individuals on the lower spectrum of, of narcissism, they like usually just are just so have have a poor skills in like communication, take everything mm -hmm. very personally, um, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, bettering your communication might ease those conflicts. And uh, in that case, this mirroring technique probably, you know, helps. Uh, what came to my mind is that what if we are dealing with the like uh, with a very abusive person? Their goal in the conversation is to control, dominate, and they are not entering to the conversation with uh, like a solution in mind. They are not looking for that. They are looking for to put you down, and therefore they are dominating you. It does then this mirroring technique does it really help? Right. That's a good point. So, you know, when, when we talk about a mirroring technique, it has to be something that both parties agree on using. Uh, it isn't something that you can say, I'm going to start mirroring you, but then because you also have to mirror me back. Mm -hmm. So there has to be an agreement between partners that this is a, a way we're going to start communicating moving forward uh, during certain situations. Uh, and it has to be agreed upon and discussed and also practiced because it's not something that comes naturally to a lot of folks. And as you mentioned, someone who has a narcissistic personality, it may not come naturally because they basically want to speak and, and not they don't want to really, you know, listen so much. It's really kind of getting their points across. So it, it has to be something where both um, partners are in agreement that we're going to practice this technique and practice it and use it. Uh, often uh, as a way of communicating. Now, if um, someone is is dominating a conversation uh, and taking over, that's really when you have to kind of uh, stop them, um, you know, right away and, and and express how you feel about the the conversation um, and, and be very clear and direct, um, saying to the point that you know. I'm feeling like, you know, you're not listening to me. I'm feeling like you are uh, telling me what to do. I'm feeling, you know, those I words and, and really being very clear and, and, and um, you know, stopping it in its tracks in a way um, so it doesn't continue to build and, and setting very clear uh, boundaries with that partner. 
is is one effective way um, of trying to get that person to stop. You know, obviously, you can't fully control, you can't control anyone else, uh, but you can try to employ some techniques and and set set this um, culture where you know when you speak to me, you don't tell me what to do. You can use different words, um, and and having a dialogue with with a partner. So they can understand and, you know, the idea is to try to help them understand on how it's making you feel as an individual, mm-hmm. because you can say the same thing in many, many different ways um, and get to the same, same place. So I think it, it is work uh, that has to be done. And if you, the other person is not interested in doing the work, then it becomes more on that uh, recipient um, of that kind of uh, behavior. Mm, okay, great. Thank you so much. I feel like we have been going to the spectrum of like, okay, if you are dealing with the person who is like maybe a little bit, yeah, dominate, dominates you and like if they would be just be aware of this mirroring technique, they might, you know, agree with it. And then now we just discussed about like a person who probably not is going to agree with the mirroring, but then you can try to set those boundaries. You, you probably have to also set them many times and never abandon those boundaries like that okay sometimes you are like you let them speak over uh, over you and sometimes you don't but just maintain 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 those boundaries and then the other person maybe all the time you know pushes 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 against them but maybe at some point they do respect that but then i'm thinking like the last scenario like you have been setting those boundaries over and over and over again so it kind of is like you are in this you are in a very difficult position where you might notice that it doesn't matter how much boundaries you set, it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter how much you try to give space in that conversation to the other person and understand them. Are there like some kind of like a helpful validating mindset that you can give folks who are in this tough situation that would help them get through very draining conversations like this? Yeah, no, that, those are very good points because, as, you know, it does take a lot of effort and work on on uh, one's behalf to be able to constantly kind of set those boundaries and structures and respond and kind of stop that person from acting a certain way. And, and again, if that that may not be working um, and it is has to be something that's done consistently, I think, uh, you know, from the receiving end of this kind of abusive behavior is really um Doing your best to communicate what you're what you're what you're gonna tolerate and what you're not gonna tolerate, uh, but also knowing your limitations and exposure to individuals. So, for example, if you have um, someone in your family that is uh, um, that that type of way and is abusive, verbally abusive or or narcissistic, and um, knowing what you can t- tolerate, you know, setting those structures and those limit um, those boundaries consistently but also limiting the amount of exposure to that individual. So for example, if you have that family member who know, who you know is going to treat you a certain way, uh, you might have to say to them, look, um, um, I don't like the way you're speaking to me. Uh, and um, if, if it happens again, I'm going to have to cut this conversation short, or I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to leave early. Um, and, uh, and then you follow up with that as well. Like if they do, something that is inappropriate or abusive, then you just leave um, and say, look, I'm sorry, just for my own health. Um, I can't be around you. 
Uh, but I'll, you know, we'll, we'll touch base next week and see if things can get better. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of power uh, that sometimes people think they don't have, and they kind of create this, this um, mindset that, that they have to take this kind of abuse because, oh, well, they're my family or they're, you know, whatever, my neighbor, friends. Uh, but no, you do not. And you have a lot of power to just kind of walk away when you can um, or hang up the phone when you need to. And, 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 you know, work on not feeling bad about that or feeling guilty about it because, you know, you, you have to protect your own, you know, your own mental health. And I think it's really important to know that this is a two-way conversation. If you stop talking and walk away, that conversation ends. Um, And so it's important to be empowered that way and, and to exercise um, those behaviors um, and, and be consistent about it, right? Um, if someone is is doing something that's insulting or abusive to others, well, you know, walk away. I, I don't want to be around that. You you don't have to be if you can get out of that kind of um, situation. Mm, yeah. So mm, such a great points. Thank you, thank you. And uh, you mentioned uh, somewhere that yeah, if you, for example, notice yourself feeling guilty because you then walk away and you're like, okay, I'm not tolerating this. I'm hanging up or I'm Mm -hmm. uh, leaving this situation. What would be some examples? Why would someone feel guilty about that? Yeah, it's often uh, the, 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 it's often where people do feel bad and guilty. Um, uh, Let's say a a mother and and an adult mother and adult child, uh, adult son or daughter have gotten into, you know, got into an argument. Um, maybe the mom might be abusive to to the son or, or daughter. And that person tells them, look, I'm not, you know, going to take this. You're being um, abusive. And if you do it again, I'm going to hang up. And then that person does it again a few seconds later or minutes later. And then you hang up and then like, Oh, I feel so bad because, you know, I'm not supposed to hang up with my mom. Um, you know, this is, and then of course there's manipulation, uh, aspect of it where that person might manipulate you to make you feel guilty that you, you weren't there for them when they needed you and you hung up on them so they can use that tactic. Uh, but it, it, again, it, it's up to you to receive it and how you're going to, what are you going to do with that information? If you if you tell yourself, you know what, I did the right thing because I um, this is something I wanted to do. I am being assertive with myself. I'm being empowered and I'm taking the power back into my hands. And it's also for my own health and well-being. Right. Because we also have to remember that our health and well-being is first. Right. We cannot be available to other people if we're not taking care of ourselves. And that's going to wear you thin if you're going to have to kind of tolerate that. Um type of behavior and then also deal with other things in your life that you have to deal with might be children might be friends and you don't want to take it out on other people so for your own health and um self-preservation and for people around you you have to limit those um exposures uh to certain individuals uh as best you can and um i think maybe why people feel guilty might be from just the culture they were raised in uh, could be societal pressures and the way you're supposed to kind of tolerate certain things. Uh, but I think evaluating and being aware is super important because if you're aware you're feeling a certain way, you can say, well, why am I feeling bad about this? And then you start to think, well, I, I did what I had to do. And I told myself I was going to do this and I have to kind of follow up. And it's you kind of have a conversation with yourself about it. 
Uh, but but also pay attention and be aware of how you're feeling, how you're responding to that, um, those feelings that come up. Mm, mm, yeah, thank you so much. Great. Uh, then we have the next question is, the phrase unsolicited advice refers to when someone gives you advice that you did not ask or give permission for them to offer. For example, imagine that you told the abusive person in your life, I'm feeling like blank, so someone doesn't understand me, he or she never seems to be listening when I talk, and then he or she talks over me when I'm still trying to say something. They respond with, at least you have a relationship, you should feel lucky about, lucky about that, you have never had to try very hard like other people, why don't you focus on that? This would be considered unsolicited unsolicited advice how can someone protect themselves from being invalidated by unsolicited advice yeah i think it goes back to um coming from that i approach you know um and, and saying well this is how i feel um and this is what i'm sensing and this is what i'm experiencing um and it's not to compare me with anyone else because we're all different. Um, and so, you know, really trying to communicate to that other person that um, is responding in a certain way is that you don't feel like you're being supported by them um, and you don't feel like they're actually listening to what you're trying to say. Um, and that it is not helpful to say, well, oh, someone else is is going through something so much worse and they're, you know, it's not helpful for you. Um, it's not supportive and it's not helpful for that individual to hear that response because it's not going to help them feel better, you know? Um, and so again, I think it, it's important to communicate to, to that partner or friend um, or family member that, you know, these are my feelings. This is what I'm experiencing. Um, this is what I want to communicate. And, um, you know, going back to that mirroring, of course, there has to be agreement to this mirroring uh, technique, but even using that mirroring technique um, in that conversation or trying to teach someone to use that technique, um, they will then be able to kind of hear what that other person's saying and the person speaking will feel more listened to um, if that dialogue and that opportunity you know, if people use those those kind of techniques, it, it definitely is helpful. Mm, mm, yeah, that that's all true. Yeah, uh, this all just gets very tricky because, you know, if if there is like at the same time there is like manipulation, gaslighting going on, and for example, let's say your abusive or toxic partner has said to you so many times, like you are a very difficult person and uh like nobody probably will like understand you because you are so difficult there's always a problem and then you then you know you call to your friend and you confide in them and you know you are like sharing the struggles that you are having with this abusive and toxic person and then they are like saying that at, at least you have the relationship you should feel lucky about that and then because you said something like uh, it boils down to a person understanding that, that, okay, I deserve 
to have a partner who understands me. But then if there is this manipulation that they have been receiving, that I am a difficult person, nobody understands me because I'm so difficult. It might be very hard to, when you are in that environment, to then just to tell yourself, I, I deserve someone who understands me because you might be thinking, well, maybe I'm just so difficult that at least this person is tolerate, tolerating me when I'm right. making making no sense. You know, it's just... Yeah, I, I think it comes down to you really kind of assessing uh, your friendships and relationships um, because, you know, if no one understood you and you were so difficult, then you would really be very alone and very isolated. And the reality is most people have colleagues, um, friends, neighbors, um, family members that they talk to that are around them that, you know, do not see them as being difficult or um you know, difficult to understand the difficult to get along with, nor do they, you know, cause they, they, they socialize and you have that, you have that um, independence to decide on who you're going to socialize with. And so people want to be around you and, and you're around other people and, and you have, you know, some healthy relationships in your life, then that tells you that that's not true, right? That you're not the issue. Um, and it's really that other person being manipulative, um, in that way and putting and, and, and gaslighting you to make you feel that way. But in reality is um, you have to kind of almost try to pull yourself out, um, be as uh, objective as possible and look at all of your, your social networks that you have in your life and say, well, if I was so difficult then why does this person want to have lunch with me? You know, why, do, why does this person call me and, why does, you know, I go outside and I speak to a neighbor and we have a good conversation, a pleasant conversation. There's a lot of things that you can do to kind of counter those thought, those um, thoughts or, or counter what, what people say, what the abusive person is saying to you. Uh, but you have to look for it. And what happens a lot with when people are being gaslighted or, or, or manipulated and abused, um, they sometimes do the opposite. They look for the reinforcement of that negative comment or criticism. And mm-hmm. they constantly will find that reinforcement in, in things. You know, if, if, if I tell you I love um, blue Volkswagens and now you're driving to work and you're, you're 30 or, or an hour drive to work, you're going to start seeing blue Volkswagens. They're going to just pop up wow, I didn't even realize there's so many blue Volkswagens on the street. Someone planted a thought and a vision in your head. Now you're finding that reinforcement because you're looking for it. Uh, but if you were, no one said that to you, you wouldn't even notice them or you were less likely to notice them. But you, did, you do because someone planted it in your head. So when someone plants these negative thoughts into your head and now you're starting to look for things that reinforce that, oh, well, yeah, this person three years ago stopped talking to me. It must be um, difficult, right? <laughs> so again, you have to really be be aware and be mindful and be aware this person's treating you that way so you can start looking for the, the positive. You know, we tend to, unfortunately, sometimes look at the negative that reinforce um, things that are being said about us. Um, so it really takes uh, work on, on the individual's part to kind of counter those negative statements and, and thoughts. Mm, yeah thank you so much for that uh, like I think that clarified very well what's going on in the psyche okay uh, then then we have 
The phrase sneaky advice refers to a passive-aggressive manipulation tactic that occurs when someone gives you advice that you did not ask for in an indirect way. For example, your spouse notices that you are gaining weight. They randomly send you an email sharing an article with you about eating healthy, saying, interesting article, I thought you might like it. This would be considered sneak advice. How should someone deal with this type of behavior when it happens? Yeah, I think very directly um, saying, you know, you sent me this email uh, about weight loss and I'm feeling that you're um, saying to me that uh, you're feeling uh, that you're, you're saying to me that I'm, I'm overweight or you're, you're criticizing me about my weight uh, by this message that you see that, that that's how I received that message. Uh, I didn't see it as you trying to, you know, help me become healthy. You know, <laughs> I felt it as like you're, you're kind of saying to me, hey, go to the gym or go, you know, take this, you know, nutrition pill or whatever it is um, to lose weight. And um, really letting that person know that you were offended by that um, by that message is important. You have to kind of address it head on, um, not allow it to to linger, because then that person might continue to do that and send you other messages or make other insinuations about, you know, what they think your goals should be. And that's important, right? Because I think a conversation between partners is, is really not telling people what their goals are, but asking them what they want to work on. You know, what do they want to improve in their lives? Um, what are their aspirations? Um, and listening to that, uh, because they may be completely different from what that other partner thinks is important to them. And um, so that's definitely my, my recommendation is to kind of be very direct about that and, and, and explain how you received that message and, and how it made you feel. Mm, yeah, yeah, makes sense. I just, I'm like uh, imagining this scenario in my head and like thinking like, okay, well, let's say this person does uh, is very direct and says like, hey, I felt very offended about this. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. this was like a little bit, you know, sneak away to say that I'm overweight and it bothers you or something. Then I could like, I, to I could totally see them saying something like, well, I it's not my problem that you take things personally. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just wanted you... I, I thought I, I'm being nice here that I'm sending you articles that I think that that you like. I'm sorry if like like uh, you you got offended. What about what what to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that's a, that's a good conversation, right? And saying back to them, yeah, I did get offended. I felt like you intentionally kind of sent me that message uh, because you were not happy with the way I looked. Um, but you know I'm happy with the way I look. I'm happy the way I feel and. If I did want to, you know, lose weight or, or, you know, exercise, that's something that I can do on my own. Um, but I felt you were, I, I felt it was insulted by your, by your communication and it should, it should be important to you because, you know, if you're saying something to me and I'm insulted and you're not, you don't care how I feel about your communication, then we have a problem. No, mm. you should be respectful of how I feel by what you say to me. And um, I'm telling you, you know, I'm trying to kind of tell you how I felt about it. So you get a better understanding. Um, and so I think it's it's something that 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 they should feel uh, is important and they may not. Right. Mm. Uh, but I think it's important for you to express yourself and, and also tell them that it's important that they listen to you uh, and listen to the way you feel, um, because it it will impact that relationship. 
Mm, yeah, and I, I really liked that you said that it's important for you to still express yourself because let's say that we are again dealing with the, you know, kind of a very you know situation that feels very stuck. You are mm -hmm. going back and forth these com communication and conversations, and they kind of don't seem to get it. They don't seem to care. They just keep doing what they're doing. But the other option where you would just be silent and just take it uh, compared to still trying to express yourself. Yeah, it is exhausting, but maybe then that exhaustion that you are feeling will someday lead to a situation that you are like, you know what, like I'm, I'm done. Like this is my breaking point. Mm -hmm. I'm so exhausted, exhausted about this. Like I don't want to do this anymore because I yeah. feel like if you then the other option would be like, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, express my feelings. I'm not going to set a boundary that leads, that can, this is just my thought, but what I'm thinking that that might lead more easily to a sense of helplessness and, you know, a place where you feel like there is no absolute, absolutely no hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is empowering to, to be assertive. It's empowering to, to speak up for yourself. And whether that person listens to you or not, that's not in your control. You're only in control of what you say or not how that other person kind of, if they actually listen or not, you know, and I think it, it you don't want to, you know, be silent because then it starts to eat you up and also gives permission to that person to continue with this um, uh, abusive behavior and uh, manipulating behavior. So you have to, you know, it's important to kind of encourage people to kind of stand up for uh, themselves and be assertive and, and, how they, you know, felt in certain situations um, and hope, hope with the hope that it would stop, but, um, but also feeling like, you know what, I, I, I tried, at least I try to say something and they didn't listen. And, and again, like you said, maybe in the future, as you evaluate your relationship, you might think um, you might take a different uh, route, uh, but definitely keeping silent and just ignoring it is not something that's going to help. Uh, in fact, it may make it worse because that person will then continue to send more things and you might get to a point where either you blow up on them or you internalize it and then you just kind of, it's it's creating toxicity inside you. Mm -mm. Yeah, like you said in the previous point that uh, the way we then notice those negative things, like, yeah, then then you internalize it, yeah. They plant that seed in your head and you're just kind of, it's just, it's, that's a go and everything seems to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Uh, then we have, when someone consoles you in a demanding way, it is called pity. It is common for abusive people to use pity to invalidate and devalue you. For example, imagine that, imagine the abusive person in your life said something that made you cry and responded to your cry crying by saying, Oh, look at you. You're such a mess. Or, wow, wow, it must be so hard being you. This would be considered pity. How can someone protect themselves when something like this happens? Yeah, that that's <laughs> that's infuriating for someone to hear uh when when and someone speaks to them that way. Uh, that that probably adds more fuel to the fire, I think. Um, it doesn't help the individual at all when someone speaks to them that way. Um, you know, I think 
sometimes you have to kind of step out of that situation um, if if you're getting at that point where you know you're feeling like being in that environment at that moment when that person's saying that to you is is really um, making things a lot worse. Um, and and it it is helpful to walk away, um, go outside, go you know some fresh air if you can go for a walk and, 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 and maybe not address it at the moment because you may not be in the right state of mind to have that conversation and it might come out differently. Uh, but then you can always go back. And I always tell people, you can always go back. You know, someone said something to you a week ago that upset you, but you weren't ready to say something to them that time you can go back and say, you know, Last month or last week, you know, you 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 said something to me uh, when I was feeling really bad, um, and um, it really made me feel worse. Then, you know, I don't know if your attempt was to make me feel better and be supportive, but that's not how I feel supportive. And um, you know, this would have been a much more supportive response uh, than than what you said. And I think it's important to address it when you're you're able to kind of put those thoughts clearly. Sometimes even writing it down on on a notepad, like how do you know how do you express yourself to your partner in a way where they understand it? Um, when you're more calm, and also they're calm, right? Because when people are um, in an agitated or intensely emotional state, their brain doesn't receive information uh, well at all. You know, you just kind of block everything out. So they there's that. That that there's a statement that a phrase that's been that used a lot is you really want to listen to understand the person uh, versus listening to respond to uh, the person, right? So if I'm listening to understand, I'm trying to understand your point of view. I'm being empathetic versus being sympathetic and just kind of pitying the other person. It's a different process, and so when I'm listening to understand, I'm not trying to come back with something. To give you, I'm not giving you a solution. I'm just listening to say, oh, I'm hearing that you're feeling bad about this. I'm hearing that this is what's going on. That person feels supported and listened to. Um, and if the partner's not doing that, then um, they need to be you no. Know, they need to become aware that it's not helpful. You know, their responses, their communication to you, is not helping you feel better. It's actually helping you, making you feel worse. And that's why I think it's important to communicate that to that other individual that, that um, behaves in that, that manner. Mm, mm, yeah. Agreed. Then we have number five is when it comes to abusive relationships, the phrase ordering refers to a manipulation tactic that occurs when someone asks or strongly encourages you to do something and expects <clears throat> you to do it. To the person making the demand, no excuse is valid for not doing what was asked. For example, imagine that the abusive person in your life said, grab me a sod, and a few moments later said, where is my soda? This would be considered ordering. How can someone protect themselves from this type of behavior? Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think it's important to, um, you know, let the person know um, how you felt, how you, it was received. Uh, so if someone telling you, um, grab me a soda, and then it's like, where's my soda? Uh, you know, you, you can say to that partner, like, well, first of all, you can say, <laughs> you can go get up and get it yourself, right? <laughs> you, We can all get our own stuff. But 
uh, you can definitely say to that person, like, there's a better way to communicate to me. You know, if you want me to do you a favor, which is what you're asking me to do for you, it, there's another way of saying to me, can you, you, you can ask me politely, like, can you do me a favor and get me that soda? I don't feel like getting up. Or can you just get me that soda if you don't mind? And then it gives me that opportunity to say yes or no, but not commanding me to do something, not demanding me to do something. It creates that, you know, unequal balance of power there, you know, uh, giving me, uh, uh, asking me if I can do them a favor um, or ask them if I can do something for them gives me that power to say yes or no. Um, I cannot right now. I'm in the middle of something or I'm, I'm responding to an email on my phone or a text and I have to, you know, um, and having that conversation. But it's important for the recipient of that um, that command or um, demand is really saying, look, you know, I didn't like how you asked me to do that. And um, that's probably why I didn't do it the first time you asked me, because <laughs> you told me to go do something for you instead of politely asking me if I can do it for you. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of it is just creating that that culture in the relationship where um, the partner needs to learn not to do certain things and not uh, and also not get away with certain things, because once they do it once and they see it works, right, they'll continue to do it again and again and again. Uh, telling you go do this, go do that. Um, you know, without being polite, without you know, kind of understanding that um, it creates a very unequal power dynamic in that relationship, like the boss and employee kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and even, even, even my, you know, when you have people working for you, you you don't speak to them that way. You know, you you ask them politely. It it, it gets a much better response, uh, and it's much more effective. Yeah, yeah. Let's say that uh, you are dealing or you are in a relationship where this ordering has been, you know, happening a lot. And you ha let's say that you have been agreeing to it, you know, so you have been doing it, but then you have started to, you know, kind of learn more, observe the behavior and maybe some something inside you is like, okay, I don't want to like do this anymore that much. Like mm -hmm. I, I want to... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. Then you start saying stuff like, uh, like, no, I can't right now, or I don't want to, or you can get it your like. We can get our own stuff. You can get it yourself. And let's say that then, the abusive or toxic person, obviously wouldn't like those type of responses, and they either give you silent treatment or mm -hmm. are very annoyed the rest of the evening, or yeah. yeah something but for example those things how can you that that kind of response like silent treatment or someone being just very annoyed at you for the rest of the evening affect can affect your like mm -hmm. uh you know mindset and your like mood in at mm -hmm. that moment do you have any tips like how to you know uh kind of control your mood and how to not let it affect you that much Yeah, I think definitely. I think uh, if it's been happening for a while and here you are, you want to change, you want to be more assertive, you want to take control back into your hands as you should. Um, I think, you know, when you start to introduce those changes in the partner's life, they may not be receptive to it because then they are like, well, you, you know, I asked you to do what you do in the past. Now you're not doing it. Now you're standing up for yourself. And I think that person might respond in a certain way. I think, um, you know, first and foremost, telling the partner, look, uh, 
in the past, uh, you've been asking me, go do this, go do that. And, and it, now I'm starting to feel like it's affecting me and I don't like the way you communicate to me. Um, and even give them an example how it would be a better way to communicate uh, when you need something from me. Um, and so that can be something to kind of address with that partner. Uh, of course, you can't control, like I said earlier, you can't control how the other person responds to those changes. And they may be silent. And that's another way of manipulation uh, by silence and, and kind of, you know, ignoring you and um, knowing that it's going to eat you up. Uh, really, um, at a certain point, it's saying that, you know, I feel like, you know, you being silent is is you're 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 kind of trying to get back at me because I'm just asking you to be polite and speak to me in a certain way. And, and creating that opportunity for dialogue, it may work, it may not work. Um, and if it doesn't and you start, you know, kind of um, it starts to eat you up, I, I say always, you know, go change your environment from, you know, um, your setting, go from one room to another, go outside for some air, go for a walk in the park, go exercise, do something to kind of get through it in a different way um, versus kind of sitting in it and working in it and making it kind of fester and make you feel really bad about it. Uh, but again, you know, you, it's not, it's not okay, you know, for people to treat you in a certain way. And at a certain point you have to really, you have to stand up for yourself um, because it's not healthy for, for that individual. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh Today, we had some great questions and great answers. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. And thank you, Fabian, so much for coming to this episode and answering all these question, questions and giving such great advice. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm hoping that, you know, what I shared was helpful for, for individuals. And I think um, and empowering and then hope they use any of those ideas or tools to help better themselves in their lives. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.